following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. It's a marvelous night for a moon dance With the stars up above in your eyes A fantabulous night to make romance Neath the cover of October skies You know the leaves on the trees are falling To the sound of the breezes that blow You know I'm trying to please to the calling Of your heartstrings that play soft and low Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. Looks like that uh, big winter storm is going to pass to the south of us. Uh, I was just looking online here, um, and it uh, it appears that it's coming out of Texas, came all the way from California, and it's going to hit the states just south of us so uh our weather shows just partly cloudy uh for today and tomorrow and uh no uh no snowstorm so we can be thankful for that i mean it's it sounds crazy but you know people like uh snow around winter around christmas time but this is still a little bit early in my opinion, for uh, big snowstorms. But evidently they're going to have a very white Christmas or uh, or sl- sludgy Christmas uh, down in uh, in uh, Nashville and south of here. Let me start with my scripture reading for today. Um, this is the book of Mark, chapter 1. John the Baptist prepares the way. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I will send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Then all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to stoop down and loose. Indeed, I baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is John talking about Jesus, who is to come after him. And Jesus would uh, would be greater than John and would baptize in the Holy Spirit and uh, give new life. John was simply the, the uh, prophet who came before Jesus Christ. 
So this is why we celebrate uh, the this uh, holiday, or not really the holiday, the season of Advent, meaning that it's uh, a time of waiting for the coming of the Lord. So I want to get into some uh, different news items. Um, recently, you, there was a, a report that came out that said uh, that the climate was getting a lot worse and uh, I just wanted to read an article from the National Review about this latest climate report feeds into alarmist fear-mongering. Doomsday scenarios in the National Climate Assessment are close to impossible. The latest natural, National Climate Assessment released just last week aims to plant yet another seed of climate catastrophism into the mind of the public. Predictably, its worst-case scenario got huge play in the media. After all, disaster sells. Of course it does. And this is what we're told, that uh, the doomsday scenarios that animated talking heads throughout the weekend aren't just highly unlikely. They're close to impossible. For instance, the report speculated that climate inaction could result in much of a 10% drop in U.S. gross domestic product. Admittedly, a lot can happen by the year 2100. Admittedly, a lot can happen in 82 years, but a 10% drop in GDP is more than twice the loss suffered during the Great Recession. How could things get so bad? Well, put garbage in and you'll get garbage out. The study, funded in part by climate warrior Tom Steyer, calculates these costs by assuming that the world will be 15 degrees Fahrenheit warmer by 2100. That mind-boggling assumption is even higher than the worst-case scenario predicted by the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. In other words, it's completely unrealistic. Other scary projections in the National Climate Assessment rely on a theoretical climate trajectory known as Representative Concentration Pathway, one of four trajectories that climatologists use to estimate the effects of different greenhouse gas concentrations. So the bottom line there is that the report draws these unbelievably um, unlikely outcomes and states them as though they are real and that they're definitely going to happen. And the fact is, uh, I can't tell any difference in the climate from today to five years ago, ten years ago. The average person cannot sense that things are warming up. And uh, I've been to Florida, and it doesn't look like the the uh, water is any higher. They, they talk about uh, Miami being underwater at some point, but thus far, I can't see it. You know, how many glaciers are melting enough to uh, drive the water uh, levels in throughout the, the oceans of the world higher? I can't see it myself. I mean, you know, all the oceans are interconnected. So if you have a um, big melting of 
icebergs in the North Pole and the South Pole at the same time, then theoretically you would have significantly higher water levels around the world. But uh, it doesn't seem to be happening. So this is just another one of these uh, things that's foisted on us by the left where we're told if if any of you can see climate change uh, occurring, call us at the station, 281-280-2287. Give us a call and tell us where you're seeing climate change actually taking place. Well, it, it takes place every day, obviously. We're having a winter storm down in Nashville. That's climate change. But it's normal for this time of the year. Anyway. Now, an article about uh, James Comey. Um, this is a, you know, he's the former director of the FBI. And this is an article by uh, Julie Kelly in American Greatness. She says, as I wrote last week, the Republican Congress largely has failed to hold accountable the masterminds behind the biggest political scandal in U.S. history. The unprecedented weaponization of, of our law enforcement and intelligence apparatus to spy on a presidential campaign and sabotage an incoming administration. And that's what happened was that the Trump uh, campaign was spied upon by Comey and the uh, intelligence people. We'll get into that after we come back from our break. It is the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. The midterm elections. This campaign is behind us. The destination now. We want to keep it going. 2020. A change is going to come. Keep America great. Ride with News Radio 630. Revving its engines. WLAP. At Dupree Financial Group, we do not earn commissions on your hard-earned retirement dollars. We don't sell you investment products that are difficult to understand. We do research on every security we recommend to you and follow them closely. We meet with you every six months to go over your investment performance. We don't hide from you. We communicate with you regularly about the status of your investments with us. We want you to be informed, comfortable, and happy. If all this sounds too good to be true, give us a try. Call us at 859-233-0400, and we'll set up a no-cost, no-obligation review of your retirement investment portfolio. You may be pleasantly surprised to find out what sort of services are available to you, the retirement investor. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. So back to this article about uh, James Comey. Um, the man primarily responsible for executing the scheme, former FBI Director James Comey, exited the Trump administration as a martyr and a hero. This was the guy that Trump fired. Republican lawmakers blasted the president for his totally justified firing of the deceptive FBI director in May of 2017, 
lauding his public service and reputation even as the disturbing details of the way his agency spied on the Trump campaign and hid the probe from Congress were coming into view. After successfully escaping any accountability for his actions, it's no surprise that Comey is now threatening to thwart Congress once again. On Thanksgiving morning, Comey responded on Twitter to a subpoena from the House uh, Judiciary Committee. Got a subpoena from the House Republicans, he said on Twitter. Gosh, it's amazing that Twitter is the preferred use. Of, well, it's, it's just what everybody uses nowadays. I don't use it, but uh, a lot of people do. Got a subpoena from House Republicans. I'm still happy to sit in the light and answer all questions, but I will resist a closed-door thing because I've seen enough of their selective leaking and distortion. Let's have a hearing and invite everyone to see. Now, it would take away too much space to mock the irony of Comey's concerns about leaking and distortion. Yeah, I mean, that's like the pot in the kettle black. We know that Comey's top deputies were illegally leaking information to the press right up until the time he was fired. He also arranged for a friend to leak personal memos he wrote about his private interactions with the president to the press. But here's the most galling part of Comey's response. The man who once led the most powerful law enforcement agency in the world is threatening to defy a legally issued congressional subpoena unless the interview is conducted on his terms. And the reason that isn't that Comey has nothing to hide, it's that he has plenty to hide and he knows a public setting would provide him precisely the cover he needs. During open testimony on Capitol Hill last year, Comey repeatedly invoked the defense it's classified as a way to avoid publicly disclosing crucial information about his agency's conduct in 2016 and 17. He dodged questions about the infamous Steele dossier, a thoroughly discredited political document produced by an opposition research firm that had been hired by the Clinton campaign and Democratic National Committee to, Committee to dig up Russia-related dirt on Trump. Comey cited the dossier as key evidence on his October 2016 application to the Foreign Intelligence Service Court to obtain a warrant to spy on Trump campaign aide Carter Page. But despite knowing the dossier was nothing more than political dirt and knowing it was paid for by Trump's presidential rivals, Comey refused to answer basic questions about it. Similarly, he refused to answer questions about the Page FISA warrant and Fusion GPS. Without going any farther, this guy Comey needs to be brought to justice because the way he was willing to use the FBI to run interference for the Clintons against Trump, it's unbelievable. And yet the congressional Republicans didn't have the backbone to stand up. And now that they are lame duck Republicans, they issue, um, a subpoena and he knows and they know that all he has to do is put them off until January when the new um, Congress comes in and that's it. That's the end of it. They won't be able to, to hold any hearings at all. So all he's got to do 
is wait a couple of months or really a month and a half and and stonewall them and uh that's the end of that so you know this is just another one of these things that goes by and and i feel like it's something that's worth noting not that me noting it does any good to change anything but uh it keeps the awareness of it out there here's an article by mark Thiessen. china tried to strike at trump and missed entirely when you strike at a king you must kill him ralph one waldo emerson once said well this year try China tried to strike at President Trump for daring to launch a trade war with Beijing and missed the mark entirely. After Trump imposed massive tariffs on Chinese goods earlier this year, Beijing responded in June with what appeared to be a clever strategy, targeting regulatory tariffs against Trump voters in rural farming communities across the United States. China is the largest importer of U.S. soybeans, buying $14 billion worth of them in 2017. Three of the biggest soybean-producing states, Indiana, Missouri, and North Dakota, not only voted for Trump, but also in the 2018 midterms had Democratic senators who were up for re-election. If Beijing imposed painful tariffs on soybeans, Chinese leaders likely calculated they could create a rift between Trump and rural voters who put him in the White House, give Senate Democrats a boost, and force Trump to back down. But Trump did not back down. He countered by announcing $12 billion in aid for farmers threatened to increase his tariffs on Chinese goods and asked his rural base to stick with him while he faced down the economic predators in Beijing. That's exactly what they did. Far from abandoning the president, rural voters hurt by Chinese tariffs rallied around the Trump and the GOP. They threw Donnelly, Heitkamp, and McCaskill out of office, allowing Republicans to expand their Senate majority. And while Republicans lost control of the House, few of the GOP losses came from rural districts. Competitive rural districts mostly ended up staying Republican. It was the urban-suburban districts that flopped to the Dem Democrats. And that's really what happened when you look at where the votes went. Uh, California, places like that, um, some in Texas, North Carolina, Virginia. That was where the, um, the House flipped over. In other words, China went for a kill shot and ended up shooting itself in the foot. So that's an interesting, it's not something you're going to hear on the uh, mainstream media about uh, how Trump was able to keep rural districts behind him. But we see it right here in the 6th District of, uh, of Kentucky, uh, where Trump came to town to basically help Andy Barr um, stave off of a uh, threat by Amy McGrath. And it worked. The rural district is what pulled Andy Barr through. The fact that uh, his district includes Fayette County would have been 
death for him if it had been only Fayette County. But because it included other ones such as Madison, Clark, Estill County, those places, those voters were were strong for the Trump influence and for reelecting Andy Barr. And this is how the strategy worked because Andy embraced Trump's uh, help. And even though it seems to me a little tasteless that Trump was out uh, deriding Republicans who didn't embrace him, the strategy worked. So Andy was uh, vindicated by welcoming Trump's embrace and embracing him back. And uh, I think it's something that uh, has been lost in the mainstream press as they have all worried so much about uh, the Mueller investigation and things like that. And speaking of that, uh, there's an article in the Washington Examiner saying, are liberals prepared for no collusion? So if it were proven that there was not, not any collusion with Russia, are liberals prepared for the fact that for, for the possibility that Mueller will find nothing. Um, this is an article by a guy named Eddie scary. And he says, New York times columnist, Charles blow and every other half wit in the media believes they're making a profound point when they ask each other with raised eyebrows, what will conservatives do if Robert Mueller proves there was collusion? Are they ready for that possibility? But up until this week, no one was asking the opposite. What will President Trump's opponent do if Mueller finds that nothing at all about hard collusion in the 2016 campaign? So we'll talk about that a little bit when we come back. News Radio 630 WLAP, the Tom Dupree Show. The unemployment rate is at a 48-year low. Most people that want to work are working. If you're trying to fill open positions at your business, you'll have to find your next candidate from the currently employed. iHeart Media can help you spread the word to 92% of the U.S. population. That's right, 92%. Use this radio station to find your next employee driving to or sitting at their current job. You'll have your pick of the most qualified candidates for any position you have available. We can help. Go to iHeartWorks.com. That's iHeartWorks.com. Hi, I'm Ellie Clifford, and I'm thankful that my mom always makes us buckle up. It saved our lives. Three years ago, me, my mom, my sister, and my friend were heading to church on a rainy day. Going around a curve, a car coming the other way hit us, and we went off the road and flipped over. It was scary. But thanks to our seatbelts, all we got were a few bruises and scrapes. So give yourselves a chance to be thankful and wear your seatbelts. There are lots of ads out there for cheap, install-it-yourself home security systems, but they may leave you more frustrated than protected. I'm Allie, co-founder of Alarm.com. With Alarm.com Systems, a local licensed security expert will professionally design a system to meet your needs. 
That same team professionally installs your system so it's working on day one. And all Alarm.com systems are professionally monitored 24-7 so you're always protected. When it comes to protecting your family, trust the experts. Visit Alarm.com slash home today. That's a lot. President Trump tweeting that recent court filings by special counsel Robert Mueller's office in the Southern District of New York clear the president in the Russia probe, but federal prosecutors are claiming otherwise when it comes to dealings with campaign payments and Russia matters involving his former attorney and fixer Michael Cohen. For the first time in a court filing, prosecutors are alleging that President Trump's former longtime personal attorney and fixer Michael Cohen violated campaign finance laws acting in coordination with and at the direction of Trump himself. ABC's Terry Moran. Mueller also outlined alleged lies by President Trump's former campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, saying Manafort continued contact with Trump administration officials after he signed his plea agreement with the special counsel. In Paris, demonstrators are clashing with police today in the central shopping district. Much of it shut down. Protesters over, upset over fuel taxes and demands for President Macron to resign. I'm Michelle Franzen, ABC News. For your Saturday, we are going to be tracking cold conditions, highs by this afternoon, only reaching into the mid-30s. But it's tonight that we're really watching for that winter weather maker across portions of southern and southeast Kentucky. Here in Lexington, not really seeing too much activity, but we could see that snow and ice turning overnight into your Sunday. And we could be seeing a lot of snow across those portions as well. I'm WKYT meteorologist Adam Burns from News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeart Radio station. You can get all the high school scores and interviews with coaches each Friday night here on News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Rick Shaw. Join Coach Don Adkins and me on the Kentucky High School Scoreboard Show. We feature all the scores and highlights of Kentucky High School games. Brought to you by Kentucky High School Athletic Association, Audubon Hearing Center, Family Wealth Group Retirement Specialist, Cats Heating and Cooling, that's K-A-T-S, and by UK Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. Tune in each Friday night at 10 p.m. on News Radio 630 WLAP. Girls World Expo is coming to Lexington on Saturday, January 12th at the Clarion Hotel Conference Center North. This is an exciting event for girls 11 to 18 with seminars, performers, positive messages, and an exciting and busy marketplace. If you'd like to exhibit to hundreds of girls and their moms, then this is the place for you and your business. Sign up to show off your business today. Go to girlsworldexpo.com slash Lexington. That's girlsworldexpo.com slash Lexington for more information. HelpWantedLexington.com presents the world's worst boss, the one who posts jobs on huge national job sites looking for anyone with a pulse. We'll just call him Dave. Dave, do you know why we're getting applications from jugglers and tightrope walkers? I just posted on a national job site that this job can be a balancing act and you'll have to juggle many tasks. But the job is for head of accounting. Some of the applicants include lion tamers. Have you met the guys in accounting? They're animals. Don't be a Dave. Find your perfect local employee at HelpWantedLexington.com. Local jobs that work. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show, and as is normal for this time of the morning, we have John Short on the line. John, welcome. What are you doing right here, you great American? Thank you. Looking ready for our biggie today. What's up? Which one? Kentucky against Seton Hall. Yep. We're going to make 25 biggies. I'm surprised that it's televised on 
Fox News Channel. It is? Because I heard it's televised on Fox. Yeah, I, I'm not sure where, what, re- regular Fox, okay. Well, that's a new one on me. Because I'm pretty sure that Hannity and Laura Ingram and Mark Levin and Lou Dobbs had something to do with it. I'm pretty sure they got the whole thing going. Oh, you think so? Yep, do you think so? <laughs> no. <laughs> but it's a good shot. <laughs> because I hope they're listening. Yeah. So they'll... Because I heard it's televised on Fox, like you ain't hearing televised on Fox. I figure it's Fox News Channel. No, it's it's regular Fox, the same one that shows the NFL games and everything else. Fox 56? Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. Tim's telling me yes. Okie dokie. So what else is going on, John? Oh, nothing, nothing much going on. It's sad about George Herbert Walker Bush. Yeah. But it was a wonderful funeral that they had for him and a great celebration of his life. Great celebration of his life, yeah, because he was freaking president. I, I wish the, the Bush family didn't vote for Clinton in 2016. Only George P. Bush voted for Trump. The other people in the, in the family, in his family voted for Clinton because they didn't like Trump. Yeah, I'm amazed at that. Uh, I really am. They're not really conservative if they did that. No, they're not. So uh they're really not all that conservative then. <laughs> no. No, they're 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 really not. And uh it kind of goes to show you uh conservatives are a strange brood. They're they're not always um they don't follow the leader like a lot of other people do. Uh conservatives tend to be self uh reliant. They tend to think for themselves and uh you know, uh, a, a lot of other, it seems to me, liberals are more followers. And that's not good that the both are more followers. That's not good. That's right. And the last conservative president we had before Trump was Reagan. Right. I agree with you. And before that, go back to Eisenhower. Right. And then before that, the last great conservative president we had before that was Calvin Coolidge. Okay. I'll I'll trust you on that one. Yeah, because because Herbert Hoover wasn't all that conservative. No. That's how I mentioned Calvin Coolidge. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, and, and who's gonna be the next president after Trump? We need somebody good, and then another outsider after after Trump. Somebody, there's another business person like Trump is. How about John Short? That'd be good. <laughs> You know, we still need it. We need a lot now since the boats taking over. I mean, while it's not going to happen, they're going to raise taxes and get their crumbs back. And that's not good. They're going to do it. Can't get rid of it. Right. They want to get their crumbs back. That's what Hanny said all the time. They want to get their crumbs back. And that's really not all that great. No, it's not. I don't well, know. That means a lot of people in America don't, don't care about our country then. I think you're right. I think there are a lot of people who simply want what they want. They want somebody to give them a handout. You would depend on God or government. I would depend on God. Yeah, I agree with you completely, John. Well, listen, John, we're going to see if you're right about the 25-point victory, and uh, you have a good week, okay? You did you find out Michael Savage will get? No, not yet. And we lost to... Nebraska yesterday, easily. Yeah, I know it.
Yeah, the yeah, women. Is, when I heard televised on Fox, they didn't because I didn't hear the same television Fox Fifty Six. I, I just keep thinking it's Fox News Channel. But then you tell me it's Fox Fifty Six. I thought it was well, I thought televised on Cable Forty. Nope, Fox Fifty Six. I wish they say on television which Fox. I thought because they should say Fox. I didn't know for a long time what they're talking about. So. Well, John, you're a great American. You're a great American. Have a good week. You too. Thank you. All right. John was a little long-winded today. He had a lot to say. But we we have established that the game is on Fox, the regular Fox station. Yeah. So back to this article that I was starting with um, about uh, collusion. So What's been going on for almost two years is that Robert Mueller, as a special counsel of the Justice Department, has been investigating any possible ties of the Trump administration to Russia, uh, to the Trump campaign collusion with Russia is the way they describe it. And... uh, The article starts with uh, Charles Blow talking about uh, what will conservatives do if this is an article, by the way, by Eddie Scarry in the uh, Washington Examiner. What will conservatives do if Robert Mueller proves there was collusion? But what will they do if what will the liberals do if they prove that there was nothing? There was no hard collusion. Those uh, this is from a article by Vanity Fair, those who hope that Mueller reveals a shambolic operation with a lot of rascals engaged in sleazy and embarrassing behavior will be happy with the fruits of his labors. But those who hope for an unveiling of indictments linking Putin and Trump in a grand conspiracy have no more reason to celebrate than they did a week or a month ago. Assuming... uh, Mueller's report is made public. Frank wrote, the international conspiracies will be few and the collateral damage of the Russia scare will be extensive, stretching beyond Trump or his circle to the country as a whole. So the absolute worst scenario is that Mueller finds Trump himself was aware that WikiLeaks Russia and the campaign coordinated on the release of the hacked Democrats' emails. So far, after a year and a half worth of investigations by Mueller, the House, and the Senate, that dream has not been borne out. So we're all sitting around waiting for Mueller to come up with this report. What's he going to have in it? Uh, The Washington Post, Aaron Blake, put together three other ways that a conspiracy might have taken place while admitting that it would depend on how you define collusion. They include back channels to Russia sought by Trump campaign officials. Um, But those attempts either petered out or involved nothing nefarious. The Trump Tower meeting between a Russian agent and campaign officials who were evidently eager to get dirt from the agent on Hillary Clinton, though nothing came of it. And finally, it's entirely possible there's a line of inquiry that we're completely unaware of and know very little about. These aren't the sexy outcomes we had in mind when we set up a special counsel. 
What will liberals do if Mueller says there was no collusion? What will they do? Well, <clears throat> I would say that they will, their heads will collectively explode as they decide that they're being lied to, that they were convinced that there was collusion. And now they find that it isn't there. So I, I don't know. I don't know what liberals can do. Um, I don't believe there was collusion because I don't believe Trump likes the Russians all that well, although he has done business with people in Russia. Um, he's been willing to tell them more than once when they're behaving as bad actors to basically get get gone. So um, I'm not as worried about that as maybe some people are. Kevin Hart, I don't know if you've been watching here lately, but Kevin Hart was supposed to be the host of the Oscars. And this article says, uh, this, Kevin Hart missed a big opportunity to stare down the outrage mob. Kevin Hart should be hosting the Oscars, but now he won't because of homosexuality-related jokes he made a decade ago. The comedian was tapped by the Academy on Tuesday to preside over February ceremony gig, which his appointment lasted less than three days. As is customary in this genre of controversy, it all comes down to insufficient wokeness. Wokeness is... You being sensitive to uh, things that are going on nowadays. Kevin, as it turned out, made a few gay jokes on Twitter earlier this decade. Yo, if my son comes home and tries to play with my daughter's dollhouse, I'm going to break it over his head and say in my voice, stop, that's gay. He tweeted in 2011. In 2009, Hart referred to someone as a fat-faced fag. In 2010, he said someone's profile picture resembled a gay billboard for AIDS. He's made several other uh, similar jokes on Twitter and elsewhere over the course of his career. None of it is particularly funny, nor is it particularly hateful. But Hark, Hart had the perfect response to his critic. I'm almost 40 years old, he said on Instagram. If you don't believe that people change, grow, evolve as they get older, I don't know what to tell you. If you want to hold people in a position where they always have to justify or explain their pasts, then you, do you, then you do. I'm the wrong guy, man. Declining to apologize, Hart explained, we feed into the interest internet trolls and we reward them. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be I'm going to be me and stand my ground. But that wasn't enough obviously for the liberals in Hollywood who decided that this guy couldn't represent uh the Academy Awards. You know, he's a comedian. He makes jokes. There are so many things nowadays that are being left uh that where you're stepping on somebody's uh, toes if you make a joke about it. Note Kevin's, 
concession that he's evolved since making the jokes in question. Allowing him to host the Oscars then would hardly be an endorsement of his prior sentiments since Hart himself no longer endorses them. But he was against a Hollywood pylon. From progressive entertainment outlets like the Hollywood Reporter and Variety to stars like Billy Eichner and Jamie Lee Curtis, the pressure mounted quickly. Indeed, before the books closed on Thursday, Hart had stepped down from the job, citing his desire not to be a distraction on a night that should be celebrated by so many amazingly talented artists. I sincerely apologize to the LGBTQ community for my insensitive words from my past. It shouldn't need to be said that our culture's views on homosexuality have shifted rapidly in recent years. Agree or disagree, Hart has by all accounts shifted right along with society. But nothing is ever good enough. That's exact. well, my views on it haven't shifted. I don't agree with it. And that's just my, my view of, that I don't believe it's biblical. And uh, so we don't have to get into that. But uh, not everybody's views have shifted with society. That's exactly why he should have stood his ground and refused to resign or apologize. Hart is one of the most popular and successful comedians of his generation. His star power would have been better exerted standing fast against the trolls than caving into the insatiable wokeness police. And I would agree with that. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show, News Radio 630 WLAP. It was January. North Korea. Nuclear war. 2018. Tax reform is working. Time is running out. Dark dreamers. Incoming missile. It wasn't real. This whole country is 2019. Time happens here. Schumer shutdown. News Radio 630 WLAP. At Dupree Financial Group, we do not earn commissions on your hard-earned retirement dollars. We don't sell you investment products that are difficult to understand. We do research on every security we recommend to you and follow them closely. We meet with you every six months to go over your investment performance. We don't hide from you. We communicate with you regularly about the status of your investments with us. We want you to be informed, comfortable, and happy. If all this sounds too good to be true, give us a try. Call us at 859-233-0400, and we'll set up a no-cost, no-obligation review of your retirement investment portfolio. You may be pleasantly surprised to find out what sort of services are available to you, the retirement investor. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP.
Back on the Tom Dupree Show. All right. This morning, Google told me that it would not. This is by John Stossel. Google told me that it would not allow my YouTube video, Socialism Leads to Violence, to be viewed by young people because it violates community guidelines, said the company in a computer-generated email. Anti-capitalist bias or just an algorithm shielding children from disturbing violence in Venezuela? I don't know, but a new documentary... The creepy line argues that companies like Google and Facebook lean left and have power that they shouldn't have to basically censor views that don't agree with them. The title creepy line refers to a comment by former Google chairman Eric Schmidt who said when it comes to issues like privacy, Google policy is to get right up to the creepy line but not cross it. But the documentary argues that Google crosses that creepy line every day. Google's power comes from its dominant search engine. We assume that whatever appears at the top of our searches is the best or most popular result. But is it? It is a company that has an agenda, the writer of the creepy line Peter Schweitzer said in my latest video. Google executives do give much more money to Democrats than Republicans. Eric Schmidt even advised Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign. Their ability to manipulate the algorithm is something that they've demonstrated, says Schweitzer. In last election, Google put positive stories about Hillary Clinton higher in Google searches. But that doesn't prove Google bias. Oh, it doesn't. It could be because the media lean left and unbiased algorithms rely on links to popular media. But they're not using unbiased algorithms to do things like search for unacceptable content, says psychologist Jordan Peterson in the documentary. They, they're built specifically to filter out whatever's bad. True, Mark Zuckerberg testified that te Facebook actively filters out hate speech, terrorist content, nudity, anything that makes people feel unsafe. Human content monitors do some of that censoring, and some of them despise conservatives. A former Facebook employee reported that the human censors sometimes ignored stories trending among Facebook users if the stories came from a conservative website. Google censors briefly shut down Jordan Peterson's Gmail and blocked his YouTube channel. Google owns YouTube. That's a real problem, says Peterson in the creepy line. You come to rely on these things, and when the plug is pulled suddenly, that puts a big hole in your life. <clears throat> it does. My TV channel, Stossel TV, will survive if YouTube won't let young people watch some of my videos, but it's a big setback. My purpose in making the videos is to reach kids to educate them about the benefits of free markets. It's why I started StosselintheClassroom.org, a nonprofit that provides videos plus teacher guides free to teachers. If Google and Facebook decide adults should be protected from seeing those videos also, then Stossel TV will go dark. As Peterson says in the documentary, whatever the assumptions are that Google operates under are going to be the filters that determine how the world is simplified and presented. We asked Google and Facebook to reply to accusations of censorship made by the creepy idea 
made by the creepy line and to explain why YouTube restricted my anti-socialism videos but allows other videos that include violence. So far, they haven't replied to questions about bias, but right before this column's deadline, Google emailed us saying they will remove the age restriction on my video. Good. If social media companies do censor, what can be done about it? Put them under the same shackles as other media companies, Peter Schweitzer told me. Shackles, but that's not good. Regulation means innovators must ask bureaucrats for permission to try things. It's no accident that wonderful services like Google and Facebook were developed in parts of America farthest from Washington, D.C. It was all permissionless innovation. Certainly, politicians aren't qualified to regulate the Internet. When a congressional committee grilled Facebook Zuckerberg, Senator Orrin Hatch didn't even know that Facebook funds itself with ads. How do you stand, sustain a business model when users don't pay for your service, he asked. I don't presume to know what, if anything, should be done to make sure Facebook and Google don't do evil. I assume government, as usual, should do nothing. Market competition may address the problem. But the creepy line makes a compelling case that a small number of people and a few Silicon Valley companies have tremendous power to do creepy things. And you know, I have not come close to having anything that I put on Google censored, but I don't put that many things on there. But this is a problem, and uh, so much advertising revolves around Facebook and Google. You know, the question is, what do you do about uh, the fact that they do censor certain things? And uh, I don't know the answer to it, but I do know that uh, there's got to be an answer uh, somewhere, you know. And I, I guess you just have to keep prodding them if uh, if they were to... Uh, make a, uh, make something uh, taboo, then, you know, they just have to be prodded. And there's another article here. I don't really have much time to do it, but revealed Clinton Foundation whistleblowers have been working with the FBI and IRS since last year. The reckoning for the Clintons I have dreamed of for a quarter of a century finally approaches with whistleblowing and documents about the slush fund known as the Bill, Hillary, and Chelsea Clinton Foundation. So maybe we'll see finally some justice brought to the Clintons and the foundation which they used for so long to, you know, shake people down and fund their own things. Maybe, maybe there will be uh, some sort of uh, retribution for this. It doesn't seem like it's been coming for very long, but anyway, stay with us. Mike Johnson will be here, and we'll be talking more about the economy and the markets in the second hour of the Tom Dupree Show, News Radio 630 WLAP.